We've been waiting weeks, months even. I, in some ways, I feel like I've been waiting my whole life uh, to share this vision with you. And the vision is multiply. Something, something else comes together, boom, multiply. I've been saying this about this vision. I'm gonna keep saying it. The vision to multiply is not just about getting bigger as a church and having more and more. It is primarily about this and starts with this, getting deeper, us growing deeper, getting stronger. What does it look like to grow at Hosanna? It looks like an oak tree grove. It looks like people who are growing deeper, their roots are growing deeper and deeper into God's love. Jesus is more and more at home in their hearts and they are growing bigger and stronger and bearing fruit and providing shade in a world where people need shade and where people need to taste the fruit of God's love and forgiveness and hope and restoration. He invites us to the table and then he says to his followers, now you go. And he gives us this promise, you will receive power that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That word power, is the same word that we get dynamite from. You are going to receive dynamite power to reach out and to be my witnesses. You will reach out and you will bring people to the table and you'll see my power at work at the table if you will just reach out. Well, good morning again, everyone. My name is Pastor Ryan. It's good to be with you in Lakeville, in Shakopee, and online, wherever you are. And Honestly, I just can't wipe the smile off my face uh, as we were singing that song. Do you like that song, Do It Again? Uh, that, that song is an original. It came out of this congregation. And uh, you can just sense how God is working through that. And uh, I love it. And I'm smiling because, because I just know, as I look around, and I, and I know that there are those of you who are joining us online, that, that you're right where you're supposed to be. That the Lord did lead you here for this time and this moment for your life and for Hosanna. Uh, We are in a series called Multiply. And uh, last week you heard a great message at both campuses, Pastor Tony in Shakopee, Pastor Chris in Lakeville, and I love our team. We, we have a preaching team here at Hosanna. We say that preaching is a team sport at Hosanna, and I like that. And, uh, and, and this series that we're in is also a team sport because vision takes a team. It takes a team to, to launch a vision like we did four weeks ago and to live out the vision. It takes a team including every single one of you, this vision to multiply. That's our vision. Can everyone say multiply? Multiply. And, and we believe that the Lord is leading us to multiply in four ways. And I want you to read these with me one more time. Would you join me? Grow in faith, reach the churchless, empower the powerless, and unify the church. Just a couple of comments here. Grow in faith. It starts there. That, that we are to each be growing in our faith and in our trust, going deeper with those roots into God's love and trusting him with our whole lives. In fact, if that doesn't happen, the rest of it won't. And so we're growing individually and, and collectively as a church. And then this last one, unify the church. This vision can't happen without that one. By the church, I mean all churches, specifically the South Metro, South Metro churches that are following Jesus. Because this vision to multiply, it's bigger than this church. It's bigger than Hosanna. It's going to take the church coming together in the South Metro like never before. Is anyone excited about that? I am. I am so excited about that. And we're going to talk about this one today, empower the powerless. I think we need to unpack this word powerless just a little bit. A couple of ways we can think about this, this idea of being powerless. Some people are truly powerless over their circumstances, over their situation, over their addictions. 
powerless with their own power. They're powerless over all those situations and, and circumstances with their own power. They're powerless. But then some people, they just have less, less power than, than the rest of us. There's some people have less. In fact, there are a lot of people that, in the world that have less power than we do. No matter how powerless you may feel, there are some people, I guarantee you, in this world who have less power. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, we, we are to empower the powerless. Now, don't you love it when, when God answers a couple of questions at the same time? Has this ever happened to you? Uh, it happened to me this week, okay? I, I was thinking about asking this question. What would be a good illustration? Just a simple illustration for this message on empower the powerless. That's one question. And then simultaneously, another question was being asked. Whatever happened to Jennifer Aniston? You remember Jennifer Aniston in the show Friends? She's a cultural icon. Well, it was actually another Jennifer A., my wife, who's the better-looking Jennifer A., by the way, okay, just to be clear, who was asking that question the other day. And so I was sitting on the couch watching a very bad football game. I'm not going to tell you which one. And then a commercial came up, and both questions were answered because Jennifer Aniston is apparently flying on Emeritus Airlines. Have you seen this commercial? She's up in first class, this luxurious pod up in first class, and a little boy from coach class wanders up there. She takes him down to his parents. Now, the looks on their faces, their jaws just drop when, when their son introduces them to his new friend, Jennifer Aniston, right? And then Jennifer Aniston proceeds to trade spots, you know, and sit down in coach class, a nanny, a very famous nanny for the kids. The dad gets to rest and read a little bit. The mom, though, gets to go up to first class. And the commercial ends as she's leaning back, this mom, with a sleeping mask on, maybe taking the first you know, real nap that she's had in years. Would any of you moms like Jennifer Aniston to show up in your life? All right? <laughs> and you would deserve it. You would deserve it. But the idea is Jennifer Aniston had this seat in first class, and she gives it up for somebody else. Am I saying that we should all be like Jennifer Aniston? No. But am I saying that it's a good illustration, a simple illustration for what it looks like to empower the powerless? Yes. Because see, as followers of Jesus, we, we are to take the power that we've received and invest it in others, others who are less powerful than us. We're, we're to take the power we've received and invest it in others. Now this word power, comes in, power comes in a lot of different forms, doesn't it? It comes in the form of opportunity, it comes in the form of authority, it comes in the form of influence, money, status, having a seat in first class, <laughs> right? Power can come in all kinds of forms. But as followers of Jesus, we are to take the power that we've received, which always, all of it, comes from God, and invest it in others, others who are less powerful than us. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? Not so easy. In fact, this idea of taking what we've been given power in whatever form and investing in others is, is often the hardest thing that we ever have to do as Jesus followers. It is often the last thing that people do before they follow, follow Jesus with their life fully. It is even the thing that keeps people from following Jesus sometimes. And that's what we see in this, in this passage from Mark chapter 10 that we're going to look at this morning. Mark chapter 10 verse 17 if you have a Bible, open it up. Um, and if you have a Bible, by the way, bring one. If you don't, grab one on the way out. It's yours to take, those red Worship Center Bibles. This passage is on page 607. In this, in this passage, Jesus encounters a man who has done everything necessary to follow Jesus except for this one last thing. 
The heading of this passage is often the rich man or the rich young ruler. In the other gospels, this version, it says he's even referred to as the rich ruler. Now, when you hear that, you go, okay, this isn't about me, right? Because I'm not rich. Rich is relative, <laughs> right? I mean, do you know that, that if you make over $25,000 a year, you are in the top 2% in the world in terms of the most wealthy people in the world? <laughs> so this is for all of us. Okay, here we go. Verse 17, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him. Now, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, noteworthy, his last trip to Jerusalem before he will go to the cross. And a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. You can just see the man starting to think and noodle on that one. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, honor your father and mother. Teacher, man replied, I've obeyed all these commands, commandments since I was young. It's like, I got these, right? Here's my resume. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. I love that line. Jesus has genuine love for this man and everything he's about to say is out of genuine love to that man then and to us now. He says, there is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. So this man had done everything that was necessary to to follow Jesus except for one thing. Apparently there was one more thing. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought you'd done everything and then it's like, oh, actually there's one more thing. You have if you've signed loan papers lately. Has anyone signed loan papers, (laughs) refi? It's like 275 pages to sign and then of course there's always one more (laughs) to sign. This man feels like he's done everything and yet there's one more thing. The one more thing is what we're talking about here. Followers of Jesus who multiply take the power they've been given, what they've received, and invest it in others in whatever form. And this man hears that message from Jesus and he walks away. Like many have walked away from following Jesus because they don't understand that ultimately it's, it's about their hearts more than anything else. This man thought he was to give all that he had to help others, and he would help others by doing that, and that's part of it. But ultimately, it was about his heart, because see, this doesn't just happen. Taking what we've received, whatever it is, and investing in others, it takes a miracle. <laughs> it takes a miracle of a changed heart. In fact, it is impossible for us. We are powerless to do this on our own. It takes a miracle. The story goes on and this man walks away. You can read about it later. And, and that Jesus' followers, they go, well, then who can follow you? I mean, if this is what it re- is required, is necessary. Jesus goes on to talk about a camel going through the eye of a needle. You got that picture? And he says, what is impossible for people is possible for God. Did you catch that? What is impossible for people is possible for God. Do you believe that? A changed heart. And Jesus doesn't just talk about it. He, he goes on. He's on this road, this last trip to Jerusalem before he goes to the cross. He encounters another wealthy man, Zacchaeus. If you, if you went to Sunday school growing up, you remember Zacchaeus, 
was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Remember Zacchaeus? He was short. <laughs> and Jesus was, uh, he encounters Zacchaeus and says, come on down. Zacchaeus takes what he's been given. He actually cheated some people out of money, some money and gave, invested it in other people, gave it back and, and beyond. And not only that, Jesus doesn't just say that we are to invest it. He, he does it. He goes to Jerusalem. He gets on the cross. He takes the power that has been given to him that he has received, which, in case you don't know, was all the power of the universe, the power to create the universe, the power to, to create you and me. All of the power of the universe was given to Jesus, and he takes what he's received, and he invests it in others who are less powerless. Who's that? You and me. We, we are powerless over our sin, and Jesus says, here, I'm gonna take the power that I've been given and invest it in you. He doesn't just say it, he models it, he does it, and he takes this power and he invests it in people like you and me and empowers us with his love and his forgiveness and his grace and his peace and his strength and invests it in you. Why? Because he wants you to know the infinite love of the Father and because he then in turn wants us to do the same. He wants us to take the power that we've received from him and invest it in others. What, is this, what does this look like in our lives? Lots of ways to think about it, but here's how I want us to think about it. This idea of taking what we've received and investing in others, if we are going to follow Jesus by our lives, which by the way, this is not required for you to be loved by Jesus or to be forgiven by Jesus or to be accepted by Jesus. This is about what it looks like to fully fall and finally follow Jesus with our lives, Okay? It's an important difference. What, what does it look like? Everything, as followers of Jesus, is shaped by, we see everything through this idea of taking what we've received and investing in others. It becomes a lens or lenses that we wear. Just to illustrate this, I asked Jen, I knew she was going to Target, Jen A, the better looking Jen A, to go to Target and, uh, and pick up some glasses for me. Well, it's Halloween time, and so these are the ones that she picked up here. Right there, well, kind of dizzy, yeah. But just, just to the idea that, that we, as followers of Jesus, we, we look through different lenses. And that is everything that we see in our life, every one that we see in our lives, we look through these lenses of how can I empower them? How can I invest what I've been given in the lives of other people? And, and every aspect, every season of our life, whether you're a student, whether you're a senior, every, everything in between, everyone in between, Maybe you are a student, you know, and, and so you, you've been given some kind of influence. Maybe you have a talent. Maybe you're, you are older than some kid, right? You're, maybe you're cool. Use that influence. Use that power that you've received to, to lift up others up, to, to help them, to empower them. And, and, and by the way, be good to those kids that aren't maybe as cool right now because they might be your boss someday, Okay? Maybe you're a senior. Oh my goodness. I mean, the, the wealth of wisdom that can only come with age that you have received to invest in younger generations. Please do. The resources. We need you. I know there's a group of you that were, attended a course this weekend called YODO, You Only Die Once. How's that for the title of a course? 
But a lot of that course and, and the energy coming out of that room was, was a, it just blew me away as I was kind of coming in as they were finishing up. And it's like, well, they want to invest what they've been given in, in others to make an impact with the, the rest of their lives. And maybe you're somewhere in between, you know, raising a family, career, um, it's a broad category, but I would call you the survivors right now. Does it ever feel like you're just surviving? <laughs> Those of you who raise your hand with, Jennifer Aniston, please come to my house, <laughs> right? You still have opportunities to influence your kids and, and coworkers and, and neighbors to take what you've received, whatever it is, and invest it in others. It, it shapes, these lenses shape every aspect of our lives, even the elections. Okay, now you're listening, all right? <laughs> People ask, you know, how, how sh- Pastor, how should we see the elections right now? And here's how I want to respond. <laughs> and actually, this is how they look, isn't it, right now? Um, not just the swirly lines. But that we are to look at the elections and every decision and aspect of our lives, at least in part through these lenses of what does it mean to empower the powerless? Now, just to save you the time and the emails, okay, I'm not endorsing a candidate right now. <laughs> In fact, even if I thought that was a good idea, I couldn't. We're a nonprofit, it wouldn't be okay. <laughs> and, and I also want to say that, that either side of the aisle, either candidate, you could probably make a case that there are some people who have less power who are going to be empowered based on different political you know, philosophies and ideologies. But, and I also I want to be clear. It's not, these aren't the only lenses to look at the elections through. There are other biblical lenses that we should be looking through. Make sure we are looking through biblical lenses as well. But here's the most important lens of all when it comes to the elections. Our hope is in Jesus, not political parties or figures. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Our hope is in Jesus. Because see, Jesus is not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He's not even, hold on, American, okay? Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Christ Jesus is Lord. And because we know that, because we know that, and that our hope is in him and not the outcome of some election, we we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen on November 9th, and I've heard both stories, you know, because Jesus is still going to be on the throne, and we don't have to be afraid, because that, that is our leader. That's who we look to, Jesus Christ, more than any other, more than any other. And also, this idea that Jesus is our hope means that we can be unified, even if we see things differently, which, by the way, I guarantee you, we will come to different conclusions on this one. But we will stay unified because Jesus is our primary leader. Amen? Amen. Let's look through those lenses. So I've talked about religion, politics, And what's the other one you're not supposed to talk about? Money. These lenses should shape every aspect of our lives, including our resources, that as followers of Jesus who multiply, we take the power that we've received. And one form is resources. With resources come power. Doesn't mean they're always used the right way, but but there is power. And we're invested in others. I'll never forget the first time I visited a developing country in Thailand and we went to this impoverished village, and I, I walked away from there so broken up. And I was early on in my relationship with, with the Lord. I had one of those what would Jesus do bracelets on, and I, I took it off, I ripped it off, and I threw it into the woods. I, I was so emotional because I didn't know what Jesus would do to help those people who had so much less than, than, I, than I did. 
And I've come to believe that a big part of what it means to follow Jesus is to take whatever I've been given and somehow use it to invest in others who have less power, who have less than I do. And that, that's a journey that we're on when it comes to following Jesus. I also believe this is how we're to see leadership. And by the way, no one gets off the hook for this one. You are a leader, whether you're a stay-at-home parent or a CEO, you're uh, traveling for business online, you are a leader. And, and we are as leaders who are following Jesus to be followers first, but we're to take that power, that authority, that influence we've been given and invested in others to lift others up, to empower them, to see them soar, to see them rise. That's, that's what it means to follow Jesus fully. What does it mean for you? If you are saying, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. No one's doing this perfectly, by the way. It's not about perfection, but if you are committed to following Jesus, what does it mean for you? What does it mean for us as a church? I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> because it means a lot. First thing I would say is, is it means more of the same in many ways for us. Because as a church here at Hosanna for 35 years, we have been caring for the poor. We've been empowering powerless people all over the globe and all around the community. This is, part, this is in our DNA to do this. And, and primarily it's happened over the last 15 to 20 years through our care ministries and through our kingdom expansion ministries. And so we want to keep going with this legacy of, of care and empowering. We absolutely do. And we want to be even more focused even more focused in our efforts to empower the powerless because that's what we believe Jesus is calling us to do. And, and we want to see it multiply. I just want to share a few examples of this with you. Uh, last year in October, we did a series called Out of the Shadows. You remember this one? On mental health. And, uh, and, and we talked about mental health and we wanted to make it less taboo to talk about. And what we discovered in our research and we experienced in people's response is that mental health touches three out of four people, even in this room, directly or indirectly. I shared my own story of struggling with anxiety in my life. And, and the, the response has just been overwhelming. I'm still hearing from people on that series. And of course, the tragic outcome of, of some mental health struggles is suicide. And, and did you know that, that more people die from suicide in Minnesota than traffic accidents. Did you know that? And far too many in the South Metro, we've done many of the funerals here. And we believe that God is calling us to do something about that. That we, as part of this multiply vision, we get to be a part of addressing that, of bringing hope, multiplying the hope of Jesus into people's lives. Where that suicide number, we believe it's one of our metrics for this vision, that, that it'll go down. Can you get behind that? Bringing hope, where people are feeling hopeless. Here's another one, heart. You know about heart? Hosanna Emergency Action Response Team. And heart is a team at Hosanna that's totally volunteer-led and run. It's, it's, it's serving people who have been hit by disasters nationally and even locally, financial disasters, relational disasters, and, and multiplying the, the hope and the heartbeat of Jesus in those people's lives. When I, anytime I talk to a heart person, I say, you, uh, you embody this vision to multiply. Globally, uh, we, we, we are feeling called to, to continue to invest in existing partnerships in three parts of the world, Haiti and Ethiopia and India. Now, Haiti, we know that their economy, their infrastructure was devastated before Hurricane Matthew and now beyond devastated. And so we're... We're feeling called to, to build into those partnerships. Ethiopia, 
How many of you, let me ask you this way. If you like it when Dr. Gamentius Buba comes to preach here, would you give me a loud amen in this house? Okay, I want him to hear that in Ethiopia, all right? And, and not only can he preach, but he is a leader of leaders and he is raising up this, his vision. We're gonna partner with him. We're gonna, we're gonna come t- together with him and raise up eight to 10,000 leaders in Ethiopia in all sectors of Ethiopia. And, 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 and as we do that, that could shape and transform a whole country. And then there's our partnership with, with John and Swati Bordi, pastors in India, deployed pastors from Hosanna. They've been serving there uh, for many years. We have a long uh, partnership with them. And right now they are feeling called to build a freedom center in India. And I wanna show you a video that will tell us more about this ministry and partnership. Let's watch. It's amazing. And I've been there actually. In fact, I think I still told the worst joke ever told in India. They just didn't get it at all. But I was so touched by the people there and the ministries there. And talk about empowering the powerless, the people in the caste system in India. They are literally considered like the same as dirt, but they're being raised up and empowered by this ministry. And talk about taking what the power that they've been given and investing in others. I mean, John and Swati, they're highly educated here in the States. They could be making six digits easy, but they've taken the power that they've been given, the education, the opportunity, and investing in others in all kinds of ways. I love that word picture. John said, thousands or hundreds or thousands of kids running through the halls of this Freedom Center instead of through the slums. Been to one of those slums, we put a well in there, fresh water for 10,000 people, one well, but, but it's making a difference. The trafficking, that's a hard one to think about, it, not it? That's a hard one to think about. There's still 21 million people in our world today that are enslaved in human trafficking. And, and including right here in the Twin Cities, it's a hotbed for this. And God is calling us to do something about it. I would say it this way, we get to, as part of this multiply vision, we get to do something about this. All of this. All that I've talked about today, all that we've talked about in this series. And and we can't do it all at once, right? Like anything in life, it, it, you gotta focus and, and say, what are we gonna do first? And that's what we're doing this year. We have some giving focuses for this vision. Come right out of the vision, one under each of the four areas. Under, under grow, we wanna make sure that there are grants. We wanna establish grants for anyone who would be held back because of financial hard, hardship from, from growing spiritually or going on a retreat as a student or whatever it might be. And we also know that we need to we need to develop and enhance our volunteer, our volunteer program. And we know that there are some of you have run into hitches and glitches with our, and we know we have to get better and we're going to continue to invest resources into our volunteer area. Why? Because you are the church and we need to empower and equip you to be the church. Under our reaching the churchless uh, vision, part of our vision, there are 200,000 people who are churchless in the South Metro. God's inviting us, giving us the privilege to be a part of reaching some of those people. Not all of them we're gonna work together with the South Metro Church, but we need to be in a position financially and resource-wise to develop our campuses here and 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 when the Lord leads to, to establish new campuses and places where there are churchless people that need to be reached. And then empowering the powerless. You heard me talk about heart, this freedom center. Pastors John and Swati, they have the land, but, but they, they need to build this building, don't you think? 
And we can be a part of that by investing resources from Hosanna and give them a huge boost so that those kids can be running in the halls of the Freedom Center instead of the slums. And if you want to know more about Hands of Freedom, which is the stateside entity for our ministries in India, uh, that information's in the atrium. And then unify the church. Unify the church. We got to put our money where our mouth is. This might seem a little bit different, but we're going to directly invest resources into other churches in the South Metro because we believe it's going to take all of us, all the churches that are following Jesus Christ, to rise so that we can multiply together and invest in those churches, in the church, South Metro, because we're all one church. I stood up here four weeks ago and, and, uh, and I said, before the vision can sink into the heart of the people, it has to sink into the heart of the leader first. And this vision to multiply has been sinking into my heart, but here's what gets really exciting for me. I started, I've started to see it sink into your hearts as well. I see it in your eyes as I'm chatting with you. It's, I see it in the emails that you've sent to me. I've, I see it in the conversations that we have where people are saying in so many ways, I'm in, put me in coach, I'm ready to play, I'm a multiplier. I want to invest my life in such a way that, that I multiply the kingdom of God in my life and in my church. And so many of you are doing that. And I want to invite even more of you because it's going to take every single one of us who consider, consider Hosanna our church home, okay, to say, yes, I'm ready to multiply with my prayers, my time, my talents, and my resources. Because here's, here's the truth. Vision takes provision, Vision takes provision. There's provision that's needed to carry out the vision. And and I believe if God's given us a vision, he's gonna provide the provision. But you know how he does it? Oh, this is such a privilege. There's so much joy in this. He does it through us. He, He provides through us. He provides through those miraculously changed hearts of people who are following Jesus and believe that there is nothing worth investing in more than the kingdom of God. Man. Remember that the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, very first week of the series, the biblical basis for this vision, where two servants take what they've been given, what they've received, they invest it and multiply, multiply. We don't want to be like the third servant who buried his talents in the ground, right? We want to invest, we want to make our lives count, we want to have purpose. We want to live with, with this heart that says, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that God's hope and heartbeat, the hope and heartbeat of Jesus gets multiplied. Now, in that parable, everyone had different numbers of talents. One had five, one had two, and one had one. That's true of us, too. Some of us have been given, some of you have been given five talents, figuratively speaking here. You know, God has blessed you with a lot. You could invest in this vision to multiply. You could take a bite out of the number. You could take a big chunk out of the number. I prayed, should I pray about this? Or should I say this? This is what I prayed. Some of you could write a check and just take care of the whole thing. And if you do, we'll come up with some new goals, right? (laughs) Then there are some of you, you're going, "I I got one talent. I got one talent. Maybe you are a student. Maybe you are struggling financially, scraping by. Don't ever, ever feel like your contribution would be less significant. You hear me? The Bible is full of examples of people who gave what they had or even what they didn't have and God multiplied it, blessed it and multiplied it, if that's you. And then 
There's some of us who have two talents or three talents or four talents. If you have four, maybe you should refer to what I said about the five talent people. I don't know. But two or three, we're kind of in the middle. Like, what do, what do we do with what we've been given? How do we see this? Everything that I described to you, those vision focus goals, it's above and beyond this year's budget. It's a stretch goal. It's a faith goal. We're saying, God, we don't know how it's going to come in. Well, we do know it's going to come, God, from you through the hearts of people who are following you. And, and so we're stretching here in order to, to see these things happen. And so as people are in the middle, and this is, I'll just tell you, Jen and I, Jen A and I, are, are approaching it this way. We're asking, okay, God, how do you want us to stretch? How do you want us to sacrifice a little bit? How do you, how do you want us to step out in faith? and give above and beyond what we're currently giving, which by the way, just full transparency, you might wanna know your pastor gives tithe plus and always will. But what we're saying, we're gonna stretch you more because we believe in this vision. That's what these cards are about, an opportunity for you to ask, how is God calling you as people who call Hosanna home to invest in this multiply vision and to step back and reflect? And then two weeks from now, we're gonna celebrate how God is providing his provision and it's Hosanna's anniversary in two weeks, which I think is very, very fitting. Right? 35 years people have invested in this ministry, and now we have the opportunity to invest for the next 35. Just, just get things rolling here. I just want to say, I, as your pastor, I wouldn't ask you to invest in something I didn't believe with all of my heart that God has called us to. I believe with all of my heart that God has given us this vision to multiply. And and I, I guess I, I would say, I, I've, I've never felt, other than marrying Jen, <laughs> more certain of, of something than this, that this is our vision, to multiply, to take what we've been given and invest it, blessed to be a blessing, right? And so, so we're, gonna, we're gonna multiply, and we're gonna multiply for, for God's glory, we're gonna multiply for those who are literally and spiritually dying without hope out there, without food to eat, we're gonna multiply for them. But you know what, I also think about you and what this is gonna mean for you. I mean, it really does make me smile. I feel like Jesus looking at that man out of genuine love. And, and, and I think, man, this is gonna be so good for you as you grow deeper in faith, as you step out in faith. I mean, there is nothing more enlivening and energizing than investing in the kingdom of God, nothing. I've never met a dissatisfied or disgruntled investor in the kingdom of God, have you? Why? Because there's always a return. Maybe not in the same way that we think about. There's always a return. Your investment never comes back without return. People's lives are impacted. Your life is impacted. And you get to enter into the joy of the master and be a part of what God is doing in the world. I was talking to our founding pastor, Bill Boleyn, recently, and he said, you know, you're never closer to God's heart than when you give. It's like, ah, it's good. Why? Because God is a giver. It's at the core of who he is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God has given us everything. People would otherwise be powerless, totally powerless. He's empowered us with his love. He's empowered us with his forgiveness. He's empowered us to have purpose for our lives to follow him and to multiply. Is anyone else grateful for the gift of Jesus in your life? Is anyone grateful for the gift of Jesus, for the hope that he brings? For the love of God that you get to know that is unending and unconditional, Jesus gives us that. And now he says, go multiply. So with that, would you read this vision statement with me one more time? It'll be on the screens. Read it with me. We see the South Metro Church 
multiplying the hope and heartbeat of Jesus. If you can see it, if you believe that Hosanna and you are called to multiply, would you give me a loud amen in this house? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful that you have poured out your love and power into our lives. In fact, some of us just need to know that right now. Maybe forget everything else and just know that there is a God who loves you unconditionally. You don't have to earn his love. Everything we talked about today is following him, that is about following him, that'll come. But just for now, some of you just need to know he loves you, he embraces you, accepts you. That you can have hope, that you can know his heartbeat. And God, each one of us in our own journey and in our pace with you right now, would you show us how we are to invest our lives, take the power that we've been given and invest it in others so that we can multiply. And may this church and may our lives and may the community and may the South Metro and may the world never be the same as a result of your hope and heart being multiplied. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Would you please stand at both campuses for a closing blessing? just fun. I'm so glad that you are here today, and uh, I I would encourage you to receive this blessing in just a moment, but also consider coming for prayer. Some of you are still wondering, okay, how is God calling me to multiply in my life? Some of you are feeling like, I'm a little light on power. I could use some of that power that you were talking about. Come for prayer in in the front or in the prayer room, and uh, then, of course, those of you who are staying for the meeting will start here in about 10 minutes, but receive this blessing before you go knowing that the Lord loves you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his divine favor and give you, fill you, empower you with his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week for thank you notes.